You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 334, Legends 4, Cry Havoc. Welcome to episode 334 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Betcha I Can Make You Dad. <laughs> okay. This is you the betcha. Game. This is the game Ella, or Sarah has been playing, is the oh. Betcha I Can Make You. You know, okay. it's, the, it's the old, uh, it's it's the old, I know you're just sitting down to dinner finally, after but, after a long day. But now I'm, I'm awake again. You. I'm awake again. Oh, wait, I hear you coming up the stairs. No, I'm good. <laughs> it was going to be either that or <laughs> or Popomatic Lad. Popomatic Lad? Are we are we doing a lot of uh rolling the dice underneath the uh, plexiglass uh, cover there? Yes. Sweet. Yes. Are we playing trouble? Yeah, it was sort of. Yesterday oh. I was out with Ella um because we were having movie night last night and I uh, had to watch Frozen for the 853rd time. Yeah, well, like you do. Yeah, according to Caleb, at at one hundred, uh, one thousand uh, viewings, um, Olaf levels up with new weapons. So I'm Sweet. looking forward to that. Um, exploding carrots, I'm thinking. Um, oh, nice, nice. And so, as we were making our way through the mall to get to the popcorn place, because you can't have movie night without popcorn. True. Um, we stopped in the bookstore, and in the kids section, she's a big fan of the Hello Kitty. They had a Hello Kitty version. Uh, it was like Hello Kitty pop and play game. And it is basically Pop-O-Matic Trouble. Um, and it was like f- five bucks. And uh, oh, and I sweet. thought, and the Score. best thing is, because we've been playing some games where they're like, we, we play Yahtzee with her and that one, you know, you're dealing with dice rolls. So generally you're, you're all right. She's a sore, sore loser. Oh. Oh, yeah. And. Um, oh, that's not good. That color doesn't look good on anybody. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, so what you're saying is. You have a John McEnroe in your house. Oh my God! Yeah, totally. And wow. and so um, the the other thing was uh, for for Christmas, um, my my brother in law got her uh, checkers, like uh, princess checkers. And so we play that, but of course, you know, checkers, there's some skill involved and, uh, there's, there's a little strategery. Yeah. And she, exactly. And she just hasn't got that level of reasoning down. Yeah. So it's, you know, as much as I'll, I'll sometimes like, Oh, I guess I won't make that obvious move. Um, uh, you know, just because it's, you know, to give, to give her a chance. Cause I don't want to get frustrated and then not want to play. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I thought, well, this game, offers a lot more randomness mm-hmm. and of course there is still deciding you know which piece am i going to move oh that yeah. one gets the other person well what we have discovered is that when she gets our piece it's the funniest thing ever and oh there is much laughing but when we get hers it's no fair no fair no, no fair, fair. Yeah. no fair yeah. So, wow. um, yeah, that's, that's a learning curve. Yeah. But on the, uh, on the other side of it, she has legitimately won a, f- a, a few times at this game okay. and, uh, and that's a good thing because it, it, you know, she's into playing it and, uh, but, but yeah, God, uh, has yeah. she conquered the, uh, land of the candy yet or the, uh, no, the ladders? We, no, we see, we haven't got to those yet. And, oh. uh, this is kind of the first board game type. Um, we, you know, we, we've been kind of introducing her to a few things sort of a, a bit at a time, but yeah, like snakes and ladders would be a good, uh, it's, that's a good one to, uh, to go with uh-huh. anytime. And, um, you know, and in that case you're moving one piece, you are yeah. totally up to your dice roll and you have no choice in, in no, it's, it's all luck. Ex- that is all luck. Exactly. And, um, Which and is why it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And luck can favor the other sometimes. True, so, true. uh, so that makes it a little easier. And Candyland's all luck too, because it's all about the cards. I don't think I yeah. ever played that. I don't, well, I don't... it's 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 a simple color matching game, really. Uh huh. Where they the kids travel on this this very bright rainbowy striped path around the board along all these candy. Oh well, she's locales. already gonna like that. Yeah, and um, you draw a card to tell you you go to that next square. Right. So the next red square, the next yellow square oh, okay. and if you get two of them you get to go twice as long so if you get two blues uh, you get yes. to go two blue squares away 
Right. So, but if you get stuck in the molasses swamp, you can be there until you draw an orange, I think. So that can be frustrating for a kid. <laughs> until you draw an orange. Yeah. So tell 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 Scott to come over whenever you play Candyland. Uh, exactly. She can she can draw an orange that way. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that tells you kind of the status of my weekend. Indeed. Yeah. That sounds like a not. It was a bad all right. Weekend. It, was it was all right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And I am Darren Will, and I am getting um, ready for spring break, kid, because Woo! I have. I, well, not so, not so. Woohoo! Actually, on uh, Friday we discovered that um, this will this will figure out where does Darren actually work. President Obama is coming to visit our campus oh Tuesday. Oh my! Which is great, except for the fact that, that means everything is going to close down and traffic's going to be a cluster. Yes, because of security concerns and all that jazz. Yeah. So Friday they released tickets to the community on our campus, which is wonderful. And I went to go get see if I could get a ticket. The line was off the hook. Wow. So I turned around and walked away because I, it was two thirty. I'm like, we'll just go get tickets and come back. No, the line was <laughs> blocks long. Wow. And nowhere near close to being you know, where I could get to it. So I'm like, I'll, I'll go back to the office and do the rest of the work I, I really want to get done. And I did. Um, yeah. And of course I would love to see the president, but you know, Absolutely. you got to prioritize. Um, but when I left the office around five Oh five on Friday, none of my compatriots who were in that line were back yet. Wow. So that's how long that line was. And it started at two thirty three o'clock. Wow. So Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's going to be crazy on campus on Tuesday, and I'm not really looking forward to it. And my spring break is going to be spending the the evenings writing my uh, marketing yeah uh, project because that's what I I I have put that time aside for that forty percent of my grade. Mm. So I need to do a decent job on that. So that's what I'm doing for my spring break, which is fine. It needs to get done. So absolutely. All school, all the time. No work, no play. You know it. <sighs> Sigh. All so, work, no play makes Darren a very angry, bitter man. <laughs> anyway. Bitter table for one. Thank you. At my lemon rinds and my raw onions. Thank you. Um. We are, of course, without Maddie and Scotty this evening. Uh, Scott is celebrating his lovely wife, Carla's birthday. Happy birthday, Carla. Happy birthday, Carla. And um, Matt, I believe, is being held hostage in a hockey rink somewhere. That's what he told Uh, me. Yes, yes, I saw that movie. Something about a hockey. Is he in Youngblood? Is that what he's doing? Or is he a mighty duck now? I, I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe. I I actually think think it's um, Sudden Death starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, sweet. Even better. Or whatever the one was with those other people that were in him i have no idea <laughs> it's like wow those i have no idea no it's no i think sudden i think i'm thinking of trying to think of another movie of a similar theme which also turns out to be sudden death with jean-claude van damme <laughs> so there you have it are you, are you thinking about no retreat no surrender are you thinking about blood sport i'm fairly sure that i'm not uh, okay no no i was thinking of another movie that was very much like um sudden death and the reason that it is very much like it is because because it is also it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's been a while since i've seen it not time cop hey i love i like that one yeah oh wow i haven't seen uh i haven't seen um not street fighter i haven't seen I, any of them as many times as i've seen frozen so well that's that there it is um paul just let it go uh, can, do, yeah, all I can think of is is <laughs> you, you you and your Disney cult. Yeah, <laughs> um, is the idea that um, um, ah, damn it, no, all gone. Uh, Frozen. <laughs> oh, um, the, the last movie Raul Julia was in was yeah, Street Fighter. Yeah, it's very sad. Sad, very sad. Very that sad. He ended his career on that oh, note. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're only as good as your last piece of crap, kids. Because yeah, so. I just don't know that he had enough time to spend the truck load of money that he would have got for it. I know, right? <laughs> so very sad. Uh, indeed. Uh, sorry. All right. All right. So um, let's start off a uh, little feedback. little feedback. Feedback. Yeah. Talking about our Multiversity episode. 
which was a lot longer than we thought it was going to be. When Holy we cow! About it. Yeah, Boy, <laughs> we're like, I, oh, we'll knock this out in an hour. No, I um, yeah, my my voice was just toast by the end of that. I know, right? Um, all right, so let me just pull up the uh, the old ye old mail baggy, um, ye oldie mail bag. Yes, exactly. Um, in 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 my world, that we also add the double G and in the E and in the end of bag. Um, <laughs> And that stands for pool. Indeed. Um, okay, from uh, uh, from from Jim B. Um, talking about last week's episode, uh, actually first, uh, the episode that is not a spotlight on Triple Good Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, well, I haven't finished the show yet. I had to share that Darren's Therok voice sounds to me like Dr. Evil with a hint of Tom Hardy's Bane. <laughs> nice. I think that is awesome. He said, but that but that might just be me. He says, and I might suggest that your next Fatal Five app be titled, Can You Smell What Therok Is Cooking? So there you go. <laughs> no one wants to smell what Therok is cooking. Let's just be honest about that. So <laughs> He's was, cooking up a plan for there was there, there was some discussion on the Facebook page as to, uh, as to what voice you were going for. Now, what was your initial intent? I, I, I was just going for arrogant ass, really. But uh, but I because he's half robot, I right. think that's a we- that's got to be a weird sound. Because yeah. half of him is robot and half of him is human, so you've kind of got to mix the two together. Yeah, in a way, so it's got that staccato, not 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 you know. But then yeah. there's that arrogant human part of it who wants to inflect and show off and monologue about how he is superior to everyone else. Oh, Basically, I, I I tried to take Brainiac Five. <laughs> and a robot and put it together so in my right. head yeah robot um, robot robot danger danger will robinson danger yeah so i don't know how it went off but i'm glad everyone was entertained by it i was entertained afterwards absolutely and uh <laughs> we also got a message from dan bowman who we haven't heard from in a little while but he uh he he's written to us before um and uh it's it's actually been uh been oh, about uh, about six or seven months, so it's good to hear from him again. Um, he he put out one tiny omission in the uh, multiversity. Not us. We didn't we didn't omit anything. God knows we didn't omit a thing. Good God. Um, and he no, says he says, "Hey guys, long time listener, multiple time writer, love what you do, etc." Hey. Just just finished your trapes through the multiversity guidebook, and while this is in no way your bailiwick, I wanted to point out something you missed. Wildstorm. Oh. He says, I was never a big Wildstorm fan myself, but it seems odd to me that since part of the New 52 agenda was bringing that universe in line with the mainstream DCU, there is no alternate Earth out there that's just Wildstorm. Worth the conversation, at least in my opinion. Keep on doing what you're doing. Dan. Well, I've yeah. Get, I, I, and, and I have the benefit of having read this a few days ago, so... Um, um, or I guess yesterday. <laughs> it's it, it felt, felt like it was a few days ago. I don't know. Uh, maybe I I uh, had a dream about his uh, feedback before it came in, and much like Dream Girl, it always comes true. And there it is. Um, but I, I did give this one some thought, and um, the thing is, the Earth that would have had Wildstorm on its own. Got folded into the current Earth along with the ver- along and now they're, they're, it does fall apart on one part, but yeah. basically at the end of Flashpoint we had three realities folded in on, into one to create the new Earth, uh-huh. and that was Wildstorm, Vertigo, and the DC Earth. Uh, and we're right, forgetting another one, Milestone. Yeah. How did that fork in? Um, no, because they were actually part of the regular DC Earth already. Oh, were they? Okay. Yes, because we had already had the. Oh, that's um, right. We had we had remember during and um, we had that black lightning static brave in the bowl, which was brilliant. Yeah, so. and we also had um, the somewhat less brilliant uh, appearance <laughs> of um, of Icon in Justice League. Well, Justice League kind of fell apart before that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but. Yeah, we'll no, talk no, about that yeah. another day. But but, but anyway, cast. anyway, Take I think indeed, I, I think that that is why they didn't do a separate one. But there is a separate Vertigo Earth, hmm. right? So, well, I think so, there would have to be because some of that stuff is just like no, because it's Vertigo. It, 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 well, this is true. This is true. You know, and uh, maybe that's where Sebastian O happened. Um, yeah. But. Um, 
Yeah, so so that was my my initial thought was that that they they folded those three realities in together. So Wildstorm technically exists on on that Earth, and certainly the bleed itself is is borrowed heavily from, uh, you know that that was a Warren Ellis um, Wildstorm construct in the first place. Uh, the, yeah. the whole the whole bleed that that surrounds the Orrery of Worlds. Um, so yeah, so so Wildstorm, not a separate Earth, uh, could be one of the uh, un, uh, undescribed Earths, but but they seem to have put most of the characters into most of sort of the key shared universe characters because there was a lot of Wildstorm stuff that was separate, and you know, and um, so you know, obviously like all the Stormwatch stuff and uh, and the Authority and um, and uh, Planetary and all that was all part of one thing mm-hmm. but like for example Ex Machina was um, was released through Wildstorm um, Brian K. Vaughn's, uh, you know mayor of New York who could speak to machines and um, <laughs> don't they do that now up there I think they do I think they oh. do but I tell you it was it was a, it's a good read it's a great read um, um, it, you know I never s- felt that that was in the same universe as the authority and I, and I don't think it was ever intended to be. So I think there was a lot of sort of one-off stuff in Wildstorm anyway. So so it would be interesting, you know, if if that Earth did sort of cover off a lot of those sort of one-off things. And um, um, I, I don't know if that's the case. I think I think the the current conventional thinking is, eh, Wildstorm exists on the current world. And uh, but interesting that it's the one thing that didn't get you know Vertigo still got its own separate thing. But as you uh-huh. say, that could be mainly to, in dealing with sort of the one offiness. Uh, whereas Swamp Thing now exists on the main Earth, as does uh, does uh, Constantine and all that kind of stuff. Indeed. Sorry, Con- Constantine, his his team's, his team sidekick version. Dark Seed, Dark Side. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Dula, Duella. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we, I did watch a bit of. Um, didn't get. We didn't get through the whole thing. Um, of um, uh, Crown of Atlantis, mm-hmm. the uh, DC Direct uh, video thing yesterday, and I'm, I'm tangenting here already. Are you? Um, yeah. Mm. The tangent universe was included in that, so oh, it's okay. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, no, I, I. So I watched a bit of the. Um, a bit of the uh, the the um, Crown of Atlantis it was actually very good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I actually liked it even a bit better than I than I did the book, and I I, I like the book. Um, but um, more importantly, they had the preview for the um, Lego Justice League versus Bizarro, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen it. I've seen it a- around in the stores, and I I think I I think I will pick it up because it looked awesome. I'm loving the Lego stuff. I mean, oh. all over. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think there's something so cute about the little Lego guys and girls running around being the heroes that they are from the sets. That's just, and I know it's a big commercial. I'm aware of that. I, I just yeah. think it's just hilarious. And, and they have a lot of fun with it. They, they make fun of a lot of sort of the superhero conventions. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you had the bit where, you know, Batman's talking about watching out for uh, Dark Side's Omega Beams. And of course, you know, who, if anyone would know that, it'd be him. Yeah. Um, and um, and Cyborg says to him, you know, what, what's a, what's an what's an Omega Beam? And you just see the little uh, little curvy lines going all around, and then okay. and then it whacks him and uh, puts him into bits. And, uh, and Batman says, "That's an Omega that's Beam." An yeah, Omega Beam. Yeah. Boom. And uh, it, was very, it was very cute. And I thought uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's worth watching. I, I I think I would. I think. I think the kid would get a kick out of it, and I know I would get get a kick out of it just yeah. because I would, I would get That'd the be jokes. Fun. Yeah, exactly. So we watched one of the Batman ones, and it was it was great. It was a, it was a lot of fun for both of us. So anyway, I still haven't gotten through the games. I need to work on that at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. I've got too many video games in my world right now. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, our our, our one video game console is. Uh, been a, uh, a a Netflix machine for the kids upstairs for the yeah for ages. I, I use mine for Netflix too so yeah no I, no ours has become exclusively that <laughs> and I got I got to take it back just a little bit <laughs> indeed just a little bit yep so I'm gonna do some uh, uh, Darren and Paul's uh, event theater 
Yay, event theater. And Darren's going to take us through um, Legends. Legends number four, kids. Cry Havoc and let slip the dogs of war. No, it's just Cry Havoc. They didn't get that poetic on the cover, but still. Uh, on the cover, uh, Legends number four, February 87 by Ostrander, Ween, Burn, and Kiesel. Uh, we see um, some heroes in effigy being burnt from the head down for some reason. I'm not sure why, but sure, why not? It looks like we have... Because uh, Guy... then Burn didn't have to draw their faces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we have uh, what looks like Guy Gardner's boot in the yeah. uh, upper left-hand corner foreground there. And then we see Blue Beetle, Superman, Flash, Black Canary in her new outfit. Uh, and <laughs> Batman. I never hated know, it as much as everybody else, but I it, didn't it's hate not great. It. It's not great. It's not good, though. Um, so, yeah, I, I think what it did was it took away her sexiness um, because she's completely covered up in it. And I think that's what a lot of the fanboys didn't like about it. I didn't like it because yeah. it just didn't seem all that practical for a martial artist. Mind you, her other one wasn't either. No, um, no. Her, her, <laughs> not in the you least. know, her birds of prey outfit when it's not like all the way up in her crack in the back. That one was a little more believable yeah. as a martial artist to use. I mean, it was basically a, a leather unitard. So her arms and legs were free to move about as they need to as a martial artist. Yeah, this is this is a baggy suited Arms are baggy, legs are baggy, boots are baggy, everything's baggy on it. So it's like, okay, what happened here? To cover all. Cover up everything. Yeah. She has no shape, darling, no shape. Um, <laughs> Edna would have to fix this. This is an abomination, darling. <laughs> so we open up and we are in Star City and the rioting has been been particularly bad in this part of the city the looting even worse and thus the lone police car cruising cautiously through the rubble feels like it's moving through the heart of a war zone we have um two guys they're in a buddy movie and a cop car it's 48 hours all over again i think this guy's about ready to retire and well, uh, probably and he's, he's getting probably. too old for this shit yeah he's too yeah. old for this and uh we have uh the guy on the left like the president made a mistake i tell you outlawing all the superheroes like he did without them guys to back us up the geeks in this town are having a field day really the geeks yeah we're the ones causing the, the destruction kids there and, you have uh, it yeah <laughs> the other guys like come on andy those so-called heroes are the biggest menace of all and you know it all the double talk lately's got you so confused you don't know which way is up <laughs> and the car apparently is turning over uh, we're upside down. What what's happening? And we see the next panel. Merely a tiny demonstration of the awesome reality <laughs> warping powers of Count Vertigo. And Count uh, Werner Vertigo is standing there in what is, I think, one of the coolest costumes. Oh yeah, as a villain ever. That cape is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've not seen this cosplayed yet, but if I lose some more pounds, you might see it cosplayed because that's just. That would be a challenge. That cape alone yeah, is going to be like a lot of black on that costume. So very slimming as well. Very slimming. Yeah. Very slimming on that costume. And uh, the uh, cop car is still like on the ground. It's He doesn't have the ability to make the car turn over. He's just making them perceive that they are exactly um, turned over right now. And it's kind of a weird illusion power that he has. And uh, the car speeds past him. And it crashes in something and says, oh, how unfortunate. They appear to have had an accident. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> in, in, panel, in, in Darren's world, Count Vertigo is also Count Chocula. Yeah. <laughs> Count Chocula, Count Dracula, the Count from Sesame Street. Name a Count. That's who <laughs> Count Vertigo is. Um, off panel, we get uh, the trademark canary cry as Count Vertigo finishes by saying, but with them safely out of the way, I can now rob that nearby bank and complete. Ah, that's sound. Blah, blah, And Black Canary gives him the boot to the face. To the face. And she says, oh, come on, Count. Surely by now you recognize the sonnet calling card of the Black Canary. And, of course, here is our Legion connection because she kicks him in the face and the sound effect is throck. 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 Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> sure, why not? And we finally have our uh, title card here, Cry Havoc. Uh, and uh, John Ostrander is the plotter. Len Wein is the scripter. John Byrne is the penciler. Carl Kiesel is the inker. Steve Haney is the letterer. Carl Gafford is the colorist. And Mike Gold is the editor. 
And we go to the next page, and Canary's like, I've been waiting for you to make the wrong move, Vertigo, but before you can use your electronic illusion casting powers against me, I'll... You'll do nothing, sister, except put your hands up. What? And it's the cop from off uh, the page here. You're under arrest, Black Canary, for violating the presidential order. Now just lace your hands behind your neck, and I won't have to hurt you. And the other cop's like, are you out of your mind, Joey? What the heck are you doing, man? Just my job, Andy, ridden this city of scum like her. Come on, man, put that gun down. The canary's on our side. Yeah, that's what she wants us to think, but it ain't true. It's never been true. That's it, man. You're losing it. Hey, don't, but damn. That was the gun going off. Go on, bird lady. Get the heck out of here. Thanks, friend. I owe you one. And meanwhile, the two guys um, fight over the gun. This is going to end. This will end well. This this does not end well as Andy gets shot um, and killed. And uh, the guy says, my own partner, I just shot my own partner, but but it's not my fault. No, she made me do it. That so-called superhero. I swear I ever get one of them lousy costume creeps in my sights again. I'm going to shoot first and not even bother asking questions. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he calls on the uh, emergency phone next door. Dispatch, get me central. We need an ambulance down here pronto. An officer has been murdered. And we switch the scene to apocalypse. No, there, no, my we do friend. Not. no, we oh, do not. Oh, oh, it's in the hallway. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, alleyway. Sorry, yeah. not the hallway. Suddenly it's Mr. Green with the lead pipe. No. Um, <laughs> it's just the forehead of Darkseid with a white background. So I assumed we were going to Apocalypse, and we're not. Next page, please. This is the this is the drawback of reading from Comixology yeah. because you're not reading ahead so much because you've only got one page at a time. That's a good thing, though. It's a good thing. It is. It's Lots a good of thing. surprises that way. It is. Darkseid says, given the slightest excuse, man will instantly revert to his true savage nature. And behind him is the Phantom Stranger. And he says, an unfortunate few, perhaps, such is true of any species. But ultimately, you will find that the flame of true heroism, the stuff of legends, is not so easily snuffed out. Still, you persist, stranger. You are most stubborn creature. I tell you, uh, stranger, that all that is small and selfish and mean-spirited in humanity lies just below the skin. Scratch away the thin veneer of civilization and the truth comes seething to the surface, the raw material of which my hunger dogs are made. And I assure you this is true everywhere on this miserable mud ball. Even within the Earth's dark side? What about the primitive land known as Scartaris, where Travis Morgan, the land's greatest warlord, fights a ceaseless struggle in defense of humanity's virtues? Oh, there's a crossover. There's our crossover. Yeah, there's right? our crossover for uh, for um, Warlord. Yeah, and a plug. Yay, Mike Grell. Um, yes. A, a small problem at most, easily dealt with. Step forward, Desaad. Your master has work for you. Your will is mine, mighty one. Then your mission should be obvious, Worm. In the hidden land of Skartaris, on our as or so our friend tells us, the Warlord has become a living legend. Indeed, sire, they seem to be almost everywhere. Then destroy the man's legend, Sly One, and the man himself will become irrelevant. The Stargate awaits, Desaad. Be gone. Fear not, Master. Your most faithful servitor will not fail you. I'm certain you won't, Desaad, not if you place any value on your insignificant life. Meanwhile, in Gotham City... (laughs) Well, surely, my sweet, does the reality match your vision? And we're looking at the Joker. Mm-hmm. And he has apparently Joker talks into a whole bunch of people who are on, are on the ground with the trademark grin and open eyes. Oh, it's perfect, Joker, honey. Just perfect. And please, I'm fungus now. Fungus souffle. Oy, this is pre-Harley Quinn. It kid, is. It so is. Bear yeah. with us. Yeah. Whoever heard of a successful conceptual artist named Shirley? Fungus, shmungus, whatever. You wanted something different for your first exhibition, and I've given it to you. I'll give you anything your twisted little heart desires, surely, fungus love. And, uh, oh, jokey, and they kiss. That can't be a good thing. Nope. How nauseatingly sweet. I'll try to get you adjoining padded cells back at Arkham Asylum, Batman says. Welcome, old sport. I've been expecting you. And Batman grabs the two thugs, which are always nearby Joker. Hey, man, don't. You're wrinkling the leather. Uh Uh-oh, I don't like this. Bam! Well, I don't like you, so that makes us even. Your latest killing spree is over, Joker. Care to come along quietly for a change? Surely you jest, as as the Joker grabs Shirley Fungus by the neck and puts a gun to her head. Back off that so the lady gets her ears pierced the hard way. (laughs) 
jokey, you wouldn't. Without even blinking, my sweet, tell her, Batman. You're in charge, Joker. Now what? Good question. I thought there was some kind of presidential order putting wet towels like you out of business. And Batman responds, there is. I ignored it. Somebody has to protect the innocent from monsters like you. If I'd acted sooner, all those people you've murdered might still be alive. That's something that's going to be hard to live with. Meanwhile, Batman is palming a Batarang and sending it backwards behind him through <laughs> around the building to crash into the window behind him. Create a distraction, which will enable him to punch the Joker's lights out. You got it? Mm -hmm. Got it. Well, don't let that depress you, old friend. You won't be living long enough to crash, eh? Oh, pal. Yeah. After what you did to the Catwoman, see Detective 570 for details. Yeah. I ought to kill you, Joker. But then I'd be no better than you are, would I? And Joker's unconscious and a little... Yeah, so what had happened was um, he, had, uh, kid he had kidnapped Catwoman and um, he was using a guy named Dr. Moon to recalibrate her brain. Uh, oh. to, to find out Batman's identity, and then uh, only when and he went like nuts when she could just barely manage to say something, and the answer she squeaked out was Robert Redford. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, she was all she was all brainwashed, and um, and I hate so. it when my brains get washed mm -hmm. because you know I I think brains should remain in their original you know capacity at all times indeed uh, but that was a that was a great era for detective because that was when it was mike w Barr, who we of course know from writing uh, outsiders yep. with alan davis and paul neary on art so oh sweet yeah that stuff was great loves alan davis art yes indeed yeah. yeah meanwhile in la where physical fitness even in the extreme is as much part of our daily life as rush hour traffic we see a uh bruiser lady with her two bruiser boys behind her. Okay, fellas, hit it with all you got, which in our case is plenty. You got it, Emma Sue, honey. I'm assuming all these people have extremely deep voices. Yes. Because um, they are muscled out. Yeah. All right. Ain't no armored door made that can stand up to the power of me, Miss Magnificent and her pretty boys. <laughs> really? Wow. Now to demonstrate the same kind of style that made me three-time world women's bodybuilding championship. And she run and she uh, basically moves the metal door that's been scrunched off its hinges. And we can start collecting. And meanwhile, out comes this big green alien thing. <laughs> Mama! It's a monster. A big monster. But, but there was supposed to be gold in there and jewels and help me. Somebody, anybody, please help me. And sure enough, it and the, the monster's got both of her pretty boys and her. And sure enough, it is uh, the one, the only Guy Gardner. Try saying pretty, please, with lots of sugar on it, sugar. It won't help, but it couldn't hurt. You, you created that monster with that little ring? Who? What are you? Name's Guy Gardner, sugar. The one true Green Lantern. Mm. Meanwhile, in Chicago, where you can never tell what might blow in... Um, apparently, a woman in a bikini has entered um, an antique clock show. Well, well, what have we here? Is this the finance committee's perverse idea of publicity? I commend their good taste. It's like the birth of Booth babes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> May we help you, my dear? Some coffee, perhaps? Whatever you want, it's yours. Just speak up. She opens her mouth, and a whole bunch of bonging goes on. <laughs> bong, 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 bong. Um, and the... Uh, the clock people are like, ah, and out comes one of the villains with one of the most <laughs> insanely colored costumes ever. Just that side of crazy quilt. Um, yeah. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, gentlemen. It tolls for me. Kronos, the time thief at your service. And speaking of service, now that Tiki here has served her pre-programmed purpose, I trust you won't mind if I just help myself to a few of your rarest, most valuable clocks. And he opens the android from a hinge in her back and takes out a big old carrying cushion. <laughs> Once I inflate this special carrying cushion, <laughs> I'll be able to surround myself with my favorite creature comforts before I get down to real business here in Chicago. Wrong, friend. You're already out of business. Sorry, Charlie. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Blue Beetle and your history. Oh, Rocks. yeah. And Blue Beetle smacks Kronos upside the head. Oh, 
I've heard of you, Beetle. You're supposedly a real big man in this town. But here's where I cut you down to size. And he explodes the android, sending all of the gears whizzing towards um, every direction, i.e. razor sharp shrapnel. shrapnel. Yeah. He exploded that lady robot. <laughs> it's a lady. A, a lady, lady robot. robot. <laughs> uh, oh, which reminds me. Quick digression. It does, it does remind me. And you. Yes, it makes us, it reminds us of, of Pants, because in the future of CGS, Pants it's a lady turns out robot. to be a lady robot. That's and, true. And uh, we should at this moment acknowledge, because we'll forget if we if we put it off. It's true, because um, we are old. Indeed. This weekend, um, uh, uh, the uh, CGS guys celebrated their 10th anniversary of podcasting. Started way back in 2005. I know, right? And uh, so they had a bunch of people out for a live recording, and I'm looking forward to to uh, to hearing the recording. I know um, because unfortunately I was unable to make it. And yeah, um, school is keeping me close yeah. to home. So um, the Comic Geek Speak guys are the primary reason why um, we all met. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we met on the forums, and as a result of that, this podcast wouldn't exist without them. Absolutely. So if you have a moment, by all means, go over to ComicGeekSpeak.com, download a few episodes, give them a listen if you don't already, because um, they are our daddy, basically. Yeah. They are the Vader to our Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> and one day uh, they'll rise up and kill all the younglings, and we'll just have to deal with that, damn. <sighs> you know, as you do. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Now I'm afraid. Of course, this this means Scott's Lando. We all understand that, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that, that was a given. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so happy anniversary to the CGS guys. Indeed. Indeed. And meanwhile, uh, Blue Beetle uh, is rolling. <laughs> we now return you to the comic already in progress. Already in progress. Boom. Ah! And uh, blast you, Beetle. You've spoiled everything, but I can't risk my master plan over a little lark like this. And just where do you think you're going, fella? You'll find out soon enough, Beetle, as will all the rest in this city. But I owe you one for spoiling this little escapade for me, and Kronos always pays his debts. Ah, oh, he's getting away from me, but he won't get far. I've summoned my bug so I can follow him to... Okay, Beetle, freeze, and here comes the cops again. We're seeing a pattern, aren't yeah. we? Cheese it, it's the fuzz. Ah, oh, come on, fellas, this is rapidly going, growing redundant. You're breaking the law in that outfit, buddy. <laughs> Fashion police. <laughs> <laughs> and Kronos wasn't? Look, we can debate the justification for the president's order from now until doomsday. Foreshadowing. Mm. Uh, but frankly, right now, I've got more important things to worry about, like sorting out my sock drawer. See in the funny papers. So it's about as... seven years. <laughs> Foreshadowing by seven years. Yeah. But still, I'll take it. Because um, Blue Beetle was a part of that story. Yes, he was. Um, Blue Beetle uh, grabs onto the little uh, zip tie thing he's got there, and uh, he motors on up to the bug. Blast those overzealous guards! Delay me just long enough for Kronos to make a clean getaway. So what do I do now? And what do I? And why do I know that whatever the answer is, I'm not gonna like it. Mm. Meanwhile, in Salem, Massachusetts, on a windswept hill above the witch-haunted city stands a cold and lonely tower. A tower without doors or windows, which for several decades now has served as home and headquarters for the man called Kent Nelson. And Kent Nelson is viewing on his uh, seeing brazier there the, the um, anti-hero demonstrations. I see by the crystal orb of Naboo that the situation is growing worse. Those once worshipped by us heroes are now outlawed and reviled. Mobs rampage through the streets like animals. And this is Inza, Kent Nelson's wife, behind him. I've been out there, Kent. I've seen it. It's time, isn't it? Time for him. I have no other choice, Inza. But every time you put on that cursed golden helmet, every time you let him possess you, I fear Kent Nelson won't be coming back to me. I'll always come back, Inza, so long as I know you're waiting for me. Aww. Kent, I love you. I know, honey. That's what gives me the strength to do this. See you soon. And Kent Nelson dons the golden helmet of Naboo and becomes Dr. Fate. And Dr. Fate uh, turns to Inza and says, you'll be safe from the madness here until I return. I haven't been safe since you enter first entered our lives, Fate. Just take care of my husband's body. As I ever have, Inza Nelson, as I ever shall. I will be back when your world is once more restored to normal. 
I appreciate the sentiment, Fate, but nothing has been normal in my world for years. As uh, Dr. Fate phases through the wall to get out of the tower. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., at a meeting of the Suicide Squad. Look, we had us a deal, mate, and I done me part. He's Cockney, I know, he's not Australian. I want to get this flipping exploding bracelet off of me. Can't speak for Deadshot, Bronze Tiger, the Enchantress here. But knowing I can get me hand blown off if Colonel Flag decides to take a stroll ain't doing much for me peace of mind. And Waller says, trust me, Captain Boomerang, you'll get used to it. Wrong, Amanda, as Rick Flag releases the bracelet. That bracelet is inoperative as of now. Aye, thanks, mate. What the hell do you think you're doing, Colonel? What we promised we'd do if these people came through your little suicide mission alive, Mrs. Waller. I'm setting him free. And like some people, lady, I keep my word. You've all been a credit to Task Force X, and now you're free to go. Much obliged, mate. I'm out of here. Mm. Meanwhile, in Gotham City, where the apparent architect of the current wave of nationwide insanity holds forth at another rally, his perfectly modulated tones persuading the audience more to his cause with each carefully chosen word. Those are some and, serious big screens he's got going there. Well, it was the 80s. Go big yeah. or go home. Yeah. And behind him... There is a ad for a soda, which I find interesting. It's Super Cola. Oh, but that's going to be uh, now with NutraSweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the, what's the soda now in the DC universe that they use? Soda uh, Cola. Soda Cola. Yeah. Soda Cola. S O D E R. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if they had to change it for a reason, or they just didn't pay attention to this part of it. Who knows? Yeah, it, I, it, I bet that it was at some point they were like, yeah, we should come up with a brand that shows up in there. And it was just, uh, you know, come up with a jokey name for it. Yeah, Super Cola. Mm, Super and, Cola! Well, no, I think that was just put in there. But I think in, in uh, thinking about it later, you know, they were we like, to, yeah. yeah. We need to actually be consistent about our universe. Yeah. Shocker! Mm-hmm. Um, and we see G. Gordon Godfrey is preaching to the masses. And I tell you, my friends, our government is failing us. The president himself has ordered all superheroes to cease their public activities. And yet they still continue to find the very authority they profess to serve. And now in some twisted parody of justice, the president has ordered my apprehension, claiming that I am not incite that I am inciting you all to riot, to turn against the precious values I seek only to preserve. Do you believe the president is right, my friends? As they all scream, no. I hear you, my people, and I accept your mandate. A government that does not represent its people does not serve its people. Such an evil government must be overthrown. With the help of these, my people, these symbols of the new justice. Now who among you will be the first to lend his heart, his mind, his soul to the cause of a new America? Who will be the first to become a warhound? Mm. Warhound. Hmm. In New York City, where the random rioting in the crowded streets has suddenly begun to pale before violence of a far more calculating kind. That's right, you bleeding cobbers, run. Run like your miserable lives depended on it, because they do. As of now, this street belongs to Captain Boomerang. And he throws the boomerangs around. He's thinking, still can't believe those other jacks wouldn't come with me when I quit the Flag Suicide Squad. But hey, that's their loss. And he's like, boom, boom, boom. I got more important things to concern me right now, like where I'm going to spend all this lovely loot because he just threw um, a boomerang into a an exploded gem store, grab a whole bunch of jewels, and it gets intercepted by, eh, you. Who else? The Flash. Well, fancy meeting you here, Kid Flash. It's Flash now, boomerang. Simply Flash. All right, I heard you was trying to fill the old boy's boots, but frankly, mate, you ain't... You just ain't man enough. Want to bet, Boomerang? I may not be quite as fast as the man whose costume I once wore, but that still more than makes up. Um, but that still makes me more than fast enough to handle a jerk like you. Uh, unfortunately, Darren stopped learning how to read a few <laughs> days ago. Um, unfortunately, one of the boomerangs hits uh, Flash in the back of the head. Oh. You cut me to the quick, Flashy, and now me truster Razy Rang will do the same to oof. And um, Captain Boomerang gets felled by a green kangaroo. Mm. No, no, I gotta be dreaming. Come on, Boomerang, put up your dukes. Just give me one good shot. I'll knock your balding block off. I'll and and it's amusing that 
Garfield's actually wearing boxer uh, boxing gloves for this moment. Yeah. Um. And uh, Flash says, "Guard note." Yeah, because it's important to note they're not part of the transformation yeah. that he does. No. Um, Boomerang isn't your enemy, changeling, changeling. He's mine, and that means I have to be the one to defeat him. If the Flash is ever going to stand on his own, look, mates, it's real flattering you two fighting over me and all. But right now, I think we got us some bigger problems, and we see there are one, two metal dogs coming after the three of them. Yeah, these may be the warhounds that we were just referred yeah. about. Mm. And uh, Changeling says, "What? What the heck are they?" And Flash says, "I don't know, but they look hungry." Mmm, yummy. Meanwhile, now we're back on Apocalypse. I was like 20 pages short. Jeez. Um, where the flames from the fearsome energy pits is as nothing before the fiery passion of this bleak world's absolute ruler, the demonic dark side. Operation Humiliation continues precisely according to plan, Stranger. With all of Earth's so-called superheroes either in hiding or branded as outlaws, soon the only legend left on the lips of a transformed humanity will be mine. Oh, not so long as noble beings such as Superman still live. Even though he has chosen to obey the presidential order, he still remains the single greatest force for good on Earth. Aye, stranger, on Earth perhaps, but when the Stargate is is once more opened, we shall see how he fares here on Unforgiving Apocalypse. Right. Oh, see? Next month, let's slip, slip the, the dogs, dogs of war. Of war. Mm. Indeed. So, um, just again, this came out, uh, what was it, uh, uh, February of 87. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at what else was, uh, was coming out for February of 87. Sure. Um, first and foremost, Wonder Lots of Legends Woman. Legends crossovers, I'm going to guess. Yeah. And Wonder Woman number one from, uh, from. Oh, sweet. Greg Potter, Jorge Perez, and Jorge Bruce Perez. And Bruce Patterson on inks. Um, they said, first there was the Dark Knight, changing forever the way we view uh, the Batman. Next came the epic miniseries of Man of Steel, with Superman emerging from its pages more incredible than ever. And now, Wonder Woman. Beginning... Indeed. Yeah, sorry. No, I, indeed. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yes. Beginning this month, DC is proud to bring you the most startling transformation of them all, the all-new Wonder Woman. George Perez brings his own unique vision and artistic craft to the pages of Wonder Woman number one as both co-plotter and penciler of the Amazon Princess's new series. Along with co-plotter and scripter Greg Potter and embellisher Bruce Patterson, um, both of whom wouldn't stay with it for very long. Um, no. You'll be taken back to Wonder Woman's mythic origin and the beginnings of the Amazon race, which gave birth to her. Uh, it begins atop fabled Mount Olympus when a quarrel between the gods ultimately leads to the creation of the Amazons by the goddesses themselves. But the thundering vengeance of Ares, god of war, could just as swiftly destroy the newfound race and all mankind. This battle will span the millennia, forcing a race created in peace and love to surrender to the savagery of war. It's an epic struggle between good and evil, the stuff of which legends, what, are born. Uh, mm -hmm. And this is one legend you will never forget. If you thought George's work was memorable on such past projects as The New Teen Titans, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and the history of the DC Universe, you're right. But it gets even better here in Wonder Woman <laughs> number one. And to celebrate uh, this fresh start for one of DC's longest-running characters, the leading lady of comics' premiere issue features 32 pages of story and art by Perez and company, uninterrupted by ads. What could be better? And, in, in, and if you haven't already guessed that the answer to that is the story by George, Greg, and Bruce, and every single exciting issue that follows in the months to come, then you haven't been paying attention. But you will to every thrill-packed page of Wonder Woman number one. And yeah, that was an awesome book. It was. There is no doubt about that. It if was. If you can fantastic. go back and pick up uh, the first couple of uh, traded collections yeah. of George Perez's Wonder Woman run, you will be very happy about that. Totally. Purpose. Totally. Um, also coming out uh, that that month. Uh, this was, of course, they would have come out uh, October of uh, of eighty six uh, for the cover date of uh, February eighty seven. Um, Angel Love number seven. The Demon, uh, number two, this was a series by uh, Matt Wagner. Mm -hmm. uh, Hex, 18, from <laughs> uh, Michael Fleischer, some guy named G uh, Keith Giffen, and uh, Carlos Garzon. Um, coming out the following week was a trade paperback of The Dark Knight. Ah. No, this wasn't as common a thing back then as, as you know, now we take that, that for granted. But uh, Yeah, sure. Um, so remember how you couldn't wait to find out what happened next? 
in uh, Frank Miller, Klaus Janssen, and Lynn Varley's landmark graphic novel, The Dark Knight. Now you can have the entire saga in one fabulous edition, featuring every page of the four-part miniseries, plus never-before-published material, as well as slight revisions. This deluxe trade paperback edition is sure to be at the top of everyone's shopping list this month. It's the perfect holiday gift, even for non-comic readers. That's kind of true. It's, yeah. a, it's a seminal work. So. Yeah, absolutely. They also had a Dark Knight poster. Uh, Fury of Firestorm number 56 was a Legends crossover. While the government's policy turns against America's superheroes, Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein vow never to become Firestorm again. Oh. Written by Legends' own John Ostrander, penciled by Joe Brzezowski, and inked by Steve Mitchell. Um Justice League of America 259 was also a Legends crossover. Yes, um, the unfortunately. Ultimate, yeah, the ultimate fate of Gypsy. Maybe not the ultimate fate. Well, saying. back um, then, yeah, it might as well yeah. have been. Uh, October, uh, or, um, Outsiders 16, book, book length, uh, flash of excitement as the Firefly decides that he has to have Halo's powers, even if he has to kill her to get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tales of the Teen Titans 74 uh, reprinting uh, New Teen Titans number 15 eh. uh, Vigilante 38 Peacemaker uh, showed up in that issue uh, diving headlong into a shipload of fanatical terrorists no matter what the odds are against him and that includes Vigilante who is out for more than justice he wants mm-hmm. vengeance Indeed. also uh, some book called Watchmen um, ah, no, this I've was heard a, of that. Yeah, I issue think. number six, where we learned the secrets of Rorschach. Oh. Yeah, his origin story oh, is a good messed issue. up, kids. Messed yeah. up. So, so that came out the same week as Wonder Woman number one. Hmm. Um, over in Batman, uh, number 404, we were um, into uh, the, we were just starting Batman year one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was uh, Frank Miller and artist David Masichelli, um, off, fresh off their successful collaboration on another costumed urban adventurer across town. Um, that would be Daredevil. Mm. Um, so yes, it was uh, Batman Year One, uh, Blue Beetle Number Nine, a Legends crossover. Um, as Beetle disobeys the presidential order to uh, save. Chicago from the ravages of the criminal Cronus. So they're definitely spinning right out of this issue. Electric Warrior number 10. That was Doug Munch and Jim Balky, Jim Bakey, uh, inked by Pablo Marcos. Uh, Legion of Superheroes number 31. It's a time for remembering lost comrades as Sensor Girl recalls her earliest days with the Legion as Princess Projectra, guest starring Karate Kid and Pharaoh Lad. And that would be the oh, issue that leads into the Universo. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a good lead in. Mm. It's like, why did they fall asleep? Oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. That was rude. And here's <laughs> one. Um, um, Secret Origins number 11, a double-sized compilation of never-before-revealed secrets. First up, discover why Power Girl can still exist, even though the world she thought she came from never did. Oh, God. And Atlantis. see just how Arian, Lord of Atlantis, fits into it all in a story about Paul Pufferger, Paul Kupperberg with <laughs> uh, art by Mary Wilshire. Paul Hufferberg? Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Roy Thomas, Luke McDonnell, and Tony DeZuniga provide the background on the Golden Age Hawkman. Indeed, but the yes. next issue of Secret Origins would be the best issue ever. Which one was that? The Phantom Strangers, sir. Oh, there you have it. That's right. I believe it was issue 12. Mm, somewhere along there. Uh, uh, it's somewhere in there. It's a good one. It's, it would make sense that they would publish that during the whole Legends thing, since the Phantom Stranger is kind of a prominent feature. Uh, actually, no. Secret Origins 12 was... Um, the Challenges of the Unknown by Mark oh. Evanier. Well, it must have been number 10 then. Maybe. Yeah, not, it was early. It was early, that. yeah. Um, um, Star Trek number 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, Len Wein and Gray Morrow. Uh, wow, Gray Morrow did that stuff? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman, issue number two. If you were Lex <laughs> Luthor and you discovered Superman's secret identity, what would you do about it? This, this is the one where the... Uh... <laughs> the computer models point everything says Clark Kent is Superman yeah. and Lex Luthor basically fires his IT staff laughs at them and, and walks out the door yeah 
says there's no way. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. No way would he pretend to be someone normal. Yeah. Um, Adventures of Superman number 425, uh, where he's fighting against Manowar. Uh, Booster Gold 13, uh, usually bad luck, and you can certainly prove it by Booster as he lays dying in his 13th issue. Maybe oh. Rip Hunter's time sphere can help get, help him get back to the future before it's too late. And maybe not. Maybe not. Um, time travel. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not yeah. a good thing to do right Green now. Lantern Corps 209, as they fight the triumvirate of evil. That star Sapphire Hector, Hector Hammond. Um, all right. The Triumvirate of Evil. You'll never forget them after Star Sapphire, Hector Hammond, and Guy Gardner make their painful impression on the GL Corps. <laughs> <laughs> you just forgot them, though. We were talking about them. Yeah. Who? What? Um, oh, wow. uh, Infinity Inc. number 35. Um, sometimes the best intentions can lead to the worst situations as the Infinidors and the Global Guardians learn when they become hunted criminals and the secret of Fury's mother starts to come to light. This was where they started doing the whole... Golden Age Fury and yeah. Miss America thing. Um, by Roy and Dan Thomas with art and cover by some guy named Todd McFarlane. Um, mm, I'm familiar with his yes, work. Yes, yes. Uh, he did new, some Spider-Man and some Spawn in his day, didn't he? That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Mm. Uh, new Teen Titans, and then he played with toys for a while and bought baseballs uh, or something. Um, uh, bought, bought a lot of sporting equipment, apparently. Um uh, New Teen Titans 28. Uh, this was uh, during that whole extended uh, Brother Blood thing mm-hmm. uh, that really kind of went on forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marv Wolfman with Eduardo, the late Eduardo Barreto on art. Mm. Um, Swamp Thing 57. Uh, when your mode of transportation is anything like Swamp Things, you have to expect an occasional wrong turn. But winding up on the planet ran, second home to Ad- Adam Strange. This was uh, we we still had a little bit of crossover with the DCU at this point, sure. um, and so written by Alan Moore with art by Rick Veach, um, Warlord one fourteen of course a Legends crossover. The evil of Darkseid rears its ugly head in Scartaris, in the persona of Cunning Desaad, who is intent on destroying the legend of the Warlord. And there's as, your uh, as tie-in. We know. Yeah, and uh, who's who number twenty four. Ooh, almost to the end of it. Yeah, including Tomahawk, Tommy Tomorrow, Trigon, Two Face, Tweedledee, and Tweedledum, and Tear. Also, I'm Tyrock, assuming Tyrock. Yeah. Also, we begin the use with Ultra Boy and Uncle Sam and others. Woohoo! Uh, Superman teams up with the Phantom Stranger in Action 585. The All Star Squadron is <laughs> got to be falling apart. It's so this sad. Yeah. It's falling apart at this it point. It was the cause... secret origin of Tarantula. Um, Boy, Boy Roy Thomas, feel for him, people, at this yeah, point, because, yeah, wow. Exactly. Uh, Cosmic Boy number three, which we already did last uh, last time we got to these. Mm-hmm. Um, Detective 571, more Scarecrow. This was the issue after that thing with Catwoman. Um, <laughs> Hawkman number seven from uh, Tony Isabella. Uh, Legends four, as we, as we know, obviously. Um, Little Shop of Horrors special number one. Because it was out in the theaters at this point. That's right. Michael Fleischer with art by Gene Colan and Dave Hunt. Oh, Dave Hunt. I I like Dave Hunt over over Kurt Schaffenberger, but I can't imagine what he would have done to uh, Gene Colan's pencils. Uh, Mm -mm. um, Oh, and there was another book starting uh, this month. What? The Question. Oh, this was a fantastic series by by, by Danny O'Neill with pencils by Dennis Cowan. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, just just uh, just a fantastic series. Really, kind of got into the philosophical side of these things as well, and uh, the, and it, it eventually became a Vertigo book. But it yeah. was one of the early. Uh, it really needed to be a Vertigo book at the beginning, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, seriously. Um, it but it it um, was definitely one of the early titles, along with Green Arrow, uh, Mike Grell's Green Arrow, that uh, got the, uh, which it's got to be coming up soon, um, which uh, would get the uh, Mature Readers label. Yeah, totally. Uh, Tales of the Legion 344 with the Legion and uh, the controllers. Um, that would be the retelling of the uh, the five Maroon Legionnaires who destroyed that Earth. But this was, uh, the the... The controller Sun Eater Factory, but this is them being called back to 
to yeah. face from the, Legion the of Soldiers for that. So. Yeah, so from Legion of Superheroes number 19. Yeah, no good um, D goes unpunished, kids. Indeed. Um, it's Teen Titans Spotlight on number seven. It was Hawk. Um, oh, I hated this. Well, <sighs> it's better than that four-issue Jericho one. Uh, you know. Yeah, the Hawk one, it was... Uh, it was um, Jackson Geis on art, which is great. I like his art, and uh, and um, Mike Barron was writing it. So basically, they were the creative team that would end up taking on um, the Flash, the first yeah. first little run of the Flash. But it was just one of those things where they, you know, it was kind of all of the things about Hawk and Dove. You know, like the whole, you know, they change when there's danger around uh, by saying the name. Instead, it was no, he just carried the costume around with him in a gym bag. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that takes something away from yeah, the character for sure. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so that was kind of uh, the thing. And as I say, the big deal at the time was Wonder Woman coming out. The um, the Dark Knight trade paperback and this little shop of horrors uh, special. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you've seen the film, or maybe you've been lucky enough to have seen the off-Broadway production. I have seen the film, and it's excellent. Yeah, you should see oh, the yeah. film. I've seen it. And I've if you it. go on to YouTube, you can see the alternate ending, which is in the play, but oh, not my. in the movie, because the uh, the test audiences didn't like it. Oh dear. Oh. Dear. Well, it's it's. <laughs> It's the actual ending in the play, and you know it's not an uplifting musical at the end. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So they, they <laughs> talk a little bit about the question, and um, and talk about how uh, he was one of the oddest creations of a host of characters from the famed Charlton line of superheroes, overseen uh, twenty years ago by DC's executive editor uh, Dick Giordano, that included the Blue Beetle, Captain Atom, and Peacemaker, all of whom have already made their dramatic debuts in the DC universe, and now it's the question's turn. Indeed. So they talk a little bit about that and uh, and and you know about Danny Danny O'Neill and he said that he was drawn to the question because he's more at home with the human scale characters etc. Um, and I uh, said you know so that's the way this series begins and um, and he said next month you'll see the premiere of yet another Charlton hero from the past and his own title is Carrie Bates and Pat Broderick join forces to bring new life to Captain Adam. Yay! To celebrate the addition of these incredible characters uh, to the DC universe, next month we'll also see publishing or publication of a fabulous full color poster. <coughs> excuse me, uh, drawn by Broderick and airbrushed by uh, John Higgins, the colorist who is uh, the colorist from Watchmen, featuring a whole gang of Charlton characters. How appropriate! Um, each of these are events to watch for unless you can yeah, unless you can stand to be the only one who will be missing the excitement. Ah, yes, they were good at, <laughs> they were good at the hype even then. All right, so that, so there we go. Um, that's a, that gives a little bit of context to kind of what was going on at the time and uh, and we were you know we were still like like we've said, you know they were still kind of feeling their way into this new universe and realizing the changes that it would make because now Wonder Woman is only just showing up to uh, to the DC universe. So, mm-hmm. so that, you know, already we can start to see some of the seams starting to show, right? Because yeah. how do we explain Donna Troy? How, how do we explain the justice league? How do we explain? There's a lot yeah. to explain there. So exactly. Exactly. It, it gets messy quickly. Yeah. Really quickly kids. So, but don't worry, we're here to tell you how messy it got. Yeah, because remember, Superman's <laughs> relatively new at this point as well. Now, according to them, at this point, like basically that whole thing of uh, of Man of Steel was meant to take place over over ten years. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Ish. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> yeah. I have a hard be- I have a term- hard time believing that Clark didn't become Superman ten years after he left Smallville. So. Well, no, he or, he had I, better. I at, yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. But yeah. you know. I'm just like yeah no, so. but but somehow I hadn't managed to fight any of the bad guys because they all debuted in the series. Exactly. So. <laughs> all right. So oh, Metallo. Oh, and um, uh, in the next week or so, we should we'll probably be covering the final chapter of the Infinitus Saga. True that. And it's then out this week, I believe, isn't it? So if we do that next week, then the following week we could do the the Infinite Man from the next issue of Legion of Superheroes. We can. 
which would be perfect because um, then it gets Infinitus out of the way so we can deal with with the, the really cool... Because uh, man, Sherman went all out on that issue. It was so good. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. So, uh, I believe um, that's where we, we first um, get Chlorgny, isn't it? Out to luck. Uh, maybe, Michael, maybe. Michael, don't email me. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So Justice League United number 10 goes on sale March 11th. Uh, the Infinitus Saga reaches its stunning conclusion. The combined might of the JLU, the Legion of Superheroes, the Ronian Warfeet, and the Thanagarians learn the true meaning of sacrifices. Events unfold that will change the DC universe forever. forever. Yes. Ah, sigh. If I had a nickel. Indeed, indeed. Hey, <laughs> but, but Brainy gets uh, gets a prominent spot on the cover, so that's a good thing. I'd have ten nickels. Anyway. <laughs> ten nickels? Why? That's almost... Uh, I don't even want to talk about exchange rates. All know, right. right. <laughs> so, comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found easily at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And this week, let's just try and figure out what the hell kind of accent was Darren trying for uh, with Captain Boomerang. Um, we are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, uh, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, and you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we will see you all in the 21st century next week. It's Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs>